and welcome to Karate Kid Master Dojo. This is Master Craig. Hello everybody. How you doing today? In case you're joining us for the first time, I am Senior Master Craig Greca. I am a 6th degree black belt in the Universal Martial Art, a 5th degree master in the Taekwondo Martial Art, and also I've been training for over two years in Kung Fu and Kabuto weapons. And we're here today to discuss the teachings and trainings inside the Karate Kid universe. And that includes the Cobra Kai Netflix series, which looks like season four is coming up this fall. So we're very excited for that. We saw the teaser trailer and uh, we can't wait. But today's example comes to us from the Karate Kid 2010 movie with Jackie Chan playing Han and Jaden Smith playing Dre Parker. Okay, Now, a lot of people within the Karate Kid universe uh, give this movie a bad rap. Um, I like it. Okay, I actually like all the Karate Kid uh, universe uh, shows and movies for different reasons. Um, but in this movie, they're actually doing Kung Fu. Uh, so maybe it should have been called the Kung Fu Kid instead but, you know, all martial arts come from the same place, you know. Um, we're going to go into that more for the origin of martial arts uh, episode that I'll be doing in the future. But um, for many people, the word karate simply means martial arts. So therefore, both deal with the same thing. In fact, uh, when people call me up and they say, you know, um, do you teach karate? I say, yes. Do you teach Taekwondo? Yes. Do you teach Kung Fu? Yes. Um, because a lot of times they're saying, do you teach martial arts? Okay. Um, I'll be glad to show them the differences once they get to the studio. Um, but um, most people are just looking for what's called martial arts. Um, and we'll discuss that more later. Um, but today we're talking a little bit about the topic of Kung Fu. Okay, because Kung Fu was mentioned and Kung Fu was done in the Karate Kid 2010, we thought we'd talk about Kung Fu. Now, Kung Fu is actually very artistically done, and it's used in a lot of movies. Now, a little background history on this. Um, I've always liked Kung Fu, especially uh, with being a martial art movie fan my whole life. Um, but when I was in my 20s, and uh, Choi Kwon Do, the martial art that I took after Taekwondo, was formed, um, I really enjoyed the practical self-defense and we kind of shunned Kung Fu for some of its fancy and practical movements. Um, since then, I have dived deeper and found many similarities in the styles and also found some very practical movements within the Kung Fu um, universe, so to speak, Kung Fu martial art. So um, first of all, our work task today won't be something, um, you're not going to be cleaning anything today or uh, doing some outdoor work here. The Kung Fu, the uh, work task itself will be the Kung Fu. Um, now it's, it's interesting to note that Kung Fu, uh, the, trans, the literal translation of Kung Fu actually means hard work. I didn't know that. Okay, that was pretty cool. So once I found that out, I'm like, wow, Kung Fu means hard work. And you know, that's right up the alley for me. You know, we're always talking about it on the podcast here about working hard and doing your martial arts skills, like uh, doing some work around the house. 
and then practicing your martial arts or your kung fu afterwards. And that's entirely what our podcast is about. Um, you know, uh, we're going to discuss this more as we as we dive deeper into the kung fu topic. But you, um, in doing the work task itself, like uh, around the house, you develop strength in your body. Okay, and you do what we call being country strong. Okay, and uh, when we talk about the martial arts part of this. Um, there is movements that are done in Kung Fu that develop strength in your body as well. So some of the impractical movements that you see are actually just devices to use to get yourself stronger. Okay. Um, one of the things about Kung Fu is you have to learn to develop flow and form from nature. Okay, so uh, I took the nature approach to it. In fact, the Kung Fu that I teach in the studio here is called Nature Kung Fu. Now, the reason why it's called that for is because of the natural elements that I attribute to each rank and to some of the uh, patterns and, and techniques that are done uh, simulate different aspects of nature. Also, too, it's nature because it, of its simplicity. But nobody wants to hear this, something simple, you know. Uh, simple and practical are very important topics when it comes to martial arts. Um, Kung Fu itself is very artistic and aesthetic. Okay, um, I was um, we're getting ready to do a uh, kids movie here um, pretty soon in our summer camps, and uh, we're touching base with the Kung Fu topic a little bit more. And uh, two of the movies that I'm basing this kids movie on, um, they talk about uh, Kung Fu and how um, the poet uses Kung Fu. The musician also uses Kung Fu. Okay? The artist also uses Kung Fu. Okay? And um, to quote Jackie Chan in the 2010 uh, Karate Kid movie, he told Dre, everything is Kung Fu. Okay, now that could be taken to be that one activity that you do. Um, a lot of people think that the when they come to the studio here that they're just doing an activity, and some people treat me as just an activity, like soccer, uh, playing a musical instrument, joining a chess club. But it's much more than that. People that are really into martial arts see that it's a lot more than that, and a lot of my most more serious students see that. Everything is Kung Fu. Okay? So, um, when you work hard and you develop artistically and you uh, practice your martial art aesthetically, you are, in fact, doing Kung Fu. So, no matter what you're doing, you're doing it from a certain standard and you are um, doing Kung Fu. So, Let's dive into a little bit about the martial art practice today, okay? Because uh, the hard work practice of Kung Fu, since we're not dealing with a cleaning or fixing or construction type topic today, um, it kind of blends together a little bit um, for our Kung Fu topic. So, um, first of all, I wanted to... Um, we do teach a Kung Fu class here at the studio. 
we tie it into our American Ninja Warrior program. Okay, so they learn a little bit of Kung Fu and then they do uh, American Ninja Warrior obstacle course training to strengthen their body. And we're looking forward to having another class of that soon. Okay, I really enjoy obstacle course training and I love tying it in with the Kung Fu training. And we're going to be expanding it soon to more uh, self-defense aspects. But um, I've uh, my trip in uh, learning Kung Fu, um, I've condensed and consolidated many of the stances and many of the techniques and movements based on my practical approach that I've got from doing Choi Kwon Do martial art um, and now universal martial art. So because I've had that practical approach and since I got my degree in uh, physical education, I've taken all the classes um, in biomechanics, kinesiology, exercise physiology, uh, sports medicine, movement, to understand the movement. And because um, the way I was um, been blessed with precise movements, um, even when I started martial arts, the only thing I have not been blessed with is flexibility. <laughs> so that's something that I have to work on every single day because I'm typically a, uh, a tight guy. I'm really tight in muscles and, and uh, fast twitch uh, muscle based. Uh, I've increased my endurance tenfold since I've gotten older because I see how efficient the human body can be. But um, I've always been kind of a tight, fast twitch muscle kind of guy. I did sprinting uh, in, um, in high school and middle school. I did pole vault, high jump. Um, so um, I understand the, how the body moves and what feels good, especially as an, as an older adult now, um, you can see what movements don't work. If you twist your knee a certain way, a funky way, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. You know, it hurts. You know, you have to keep, uh, I tell people in class, the knee is a hinge joint. You have to make sure you keep the hinge the same. You can't buckle it or turn it. Even in mechanics, you can't do that. You can't twist a joint to do, to do something out of its range of motion, you'll break it, especially if it's made out of plastic. You know, maybe when we're kids, we're made out of metal, but when we get older, we're made out of plastic more. We have to make sure we're careful or else we'll break it. So, never mind that. That's just some background uh, information to let you know um, that I'm qualified to speak on this particular topic. So, I've consolidated some stances for you guys today in the Kung Fu. First of all, the horse stance, okay? Now, the horse stance is the side stance in the Choi Kwon Do martial art. Um, the horse stance is actually better, in my opinion, because so many people take a spinning kick from a very small stance. It's very difficult to shift your weight when you don't have a wider stance. So you can say, do a side stance, do a little bit wider, but the horse stance is a little bit wider already. So if you go from a horse stance, both feet parallel, um, you can do a spinning side kick, spinning downward, spinning twisting, spinning... Um, um, reverse swing kick, all those kicks a lot better. Um, so it's better to have a horse stance. Also too, when we do the weapons class, sometimes the horse stance is good for nunchuck training and uh, bow staff uh, because of its um, ability to, to, to work both sides. When you have one leg in front, um, you are limited as to how you can strike. So sometimes the horse stance is beneficial in the weapons class that we teach as well. Now, um, let's bottom line these stances. Some of my um, 
listeners are Trickland Doe martial artist and also universal martial artist. So um, the dragon stance in Kung Fu is nothing more than a front dynamic forward stance. Okay, you're shifted forward uh, onto your front leg. Majority of your weight is on the front leg, uh, probably 60% and 40% the back leg. So it's as if you're doing a punch and you've shifted already. Okay, the tiger stance, which is done in Kung Fu, is no more than just a rear dynamic uh, forward stance that your weight is shifted on your back leg, 60-40. Okay, so they've acknowledged in Kung Fu that those two stances have different names, uh, dragon and tiger, instead of just saying front or rear dynamic. Now, that also makes it to be kind of fun because, you know, um, when you're identifying the stances uh, for kids, sometimes animals like this, dragon, tiger, actually a little bit easier to come by. You know, you say, well, you get in a tiger stance. Oh, I don't have to shift back in tiger. You know, or dragon stance, I have to shift forward. Okay, so um, that's that. Now, moving forward from there, the cat stance. Now, <laughs> I made fun of the cat stance when I was a kid because it looked funny, okay? But if you analyze the cat stance, it's nothing more than a drawback for a kick. Okay, so for example, you have yourself your cat stance. It's the same stance you're in when you're getting ready to do a front kick with the front leg. So when you pull back your hip a little bit and your, your, your feet are on, your, your uh, toes are pulled, and your toes are, are on and your heels up, you're getting ready to do a uh, kick and um, a front kick with the front leg. Now, other kicks can be done from the cat stance as well, front leg crescent. Uh, front leg heel, front leg swing, they can all be done from the cat stance. So it's, it's assuming that you've already drawn back your hip. So we say stay in a forward stance and then draw back your hip. They say just be in a cat stance, start off a cat stance. So um, that's the cat stance. Now we have a couple more stances. I'm going to go through one more today. Uh, and then of course we'll save this for another day. But the, the unicorn stance, this is one that's important. Okay, as well, because when you do a rear leg side kick or a rear leg hook or rear leg reverse swing, how you're supposed to do it is you're supposed to be sideways for a side kick. So in order to get sideways for a side kick and shift your weight forward, not shift your weight back, you have to do the unicorn stance. Now the unicorn stance is nothing more than, a, than your front foot being turned so that the arch of your foot goes towards your intended target and your back foot is pushed up so you have your heel up off the floor. That is, in fact, a unicorn stance. Okay, so once you've identified that it is a unicorn stance, then you can go from there. Now they call everything, as I said before, I've consolidated these names and I picked my favorites. They call this one the scissor stance too, which doesn't sound as cool. I go get a pair of scissors and I'm in a scissor stance. But it describes the motion a little bit. It does look like a pair of scissors for people that are practical. It does, but I kind of like the unicorn one better just because I'm more of a fantasy guy. Um, so unicorn stance is the preparatory stance, getting ready to do a side kick or, rear, or, or a rear leg side kick or a rear leg reverse swing kick. I, I do believe also, too, uh, my knowledge of, of uh, dance notwithstanding, that that is also called a plie in, dan in uh, ballet. So when you're in that plie type of position, that is the same position that you get ready to do a side kick from. So unicorn stance, plie, scissor stance, twist stance, um, the stance before you do a side kick in, in, in a universal martial art, it's all the same, but it's just fun to identify it different ways, okay? And I'm sure some kids would identify that the unicorn stance sounds pretty cool. Now, um, I'm not going to describe all the movements of Kung Fu today, but i got a few examples for you. For one, uh, we do the, um, in our Kung Fu class, we do the outside caressing kick. This kick was shunned um, by the Chaekwon Do program in universal martial art. 
for not being a practical kick. Okay, I've always been really good at this kick. Um, I can actually do the Von Dom special and do the jump spinning one really, really high in the air. Um, I used to be able to get about eight feet, hit something eight feet in the air. I don't know if I still can, but um, um, just like the Jean-Claude Van Damme used to do. So I'm really good at that kick. I've used it in a lot of demos. Um, I faked it as being a twisting kick sometimes because they didn't like the outside crescent kick. Um, but there's nothing wrong with the outside crescent kick. It can be a combat kick, not just a stretch kick. In class, we do it as a stretch kick at the beginning of class to get the hips warmed up for, for practice. We do an outside and inside crescent kick. In the Universal Martial Art and the Trick Window programs, they do only the inside crescent kick. They don't do the outside crescent kick. But in our Kung Fu class, we do both the front leg and the rear leg outside combat, I call it, crescent kick, so that they know the difference between the one I want you to do with the knee flip and the one I want you to do with a straight leg. <laughs> so we're having fun today with the martial arts stuff. So anyways, next one, the two side kicks. Okay, in my research at Kung Fu, they have two different side kicks sometimes. One is called the quick side kick, and one is called the powerful side kick. Okay, in um, universal martial art, we do just the powerful version. So we get the knee back. Okay, in fact, uh, the TV show Kung Fu that I'm watching right now, uh, it's a female star. Um, it's the, like the female Kung Fu TV series from the David Carradine one uh, a long time ago. Um, she was telling the martial artist that she should get her knee back more to get a better sidekick. So, um, as I said, you know, a quick sidekick is just one that you don't chamber very well. You just real quick and kick, you know, and sometimes that may be necessary. But we always kind of train for the most powerful stuff in the Universal Martial Art program. So make sure you get your knee back and understand that if you chump it, it may not be as powerful, but you may get the kick out a little quicker if you're not that skilled in it, okay? But I always recommend that people try and get skilled at the most powerful movements. Okay, so double blocks and double hand techniques. There is a couple of these in Kung Fu that are really cool, okay? Um, I'm not gonna go into super detail today, but we do have some other blocks um, that are done in Kung Fu that, um, that aren't done in our other martial art programs um, that require some circular and using both hands to block at the same time. Um, we also have some double hand techniques. One of the double hand techniques, and I'm not sure if I've covered this before, I think I have, but there's one movement in Kung Fu we use a double open hand block and then you do a double palm strike after, okay? Now, I've done this one very successfully, and I've taught this very successfully in class, to use it as a way to get people off of you. So, for example, uh, I've had ladies before use this quite skillfully on me. Um, I've attacked one of my sec now secondary black belts. I said, I'm going to, you know, just say if I grab both your shoulders, or I attempt to grab both your shoulders, and then she did a double open hand block, knocked both my arms out, and then palm striked me in the chest, and then used it for distance to get her heel kick out, okay? And that's exactly what they do in the, um, in the uh, Jackie Chan version of the Karate Kid in 2010. They use that move quite often, okay, with a double palm strike or the double open hand outward block and the heel kick as a slam technique, okay? So that's very effective. Now, um, also in my Kung Fu class, I have creative but practical and easy to learn patterns. 
Sometimes Kung Fu is known, and sometimes Taekwondo and Karate as well, for the long, elaborate patterns that nobody can remember. In this day and age, it's not just the kids that have a hard time remembering. It is the adults. They're busy on their phones. They're busy with work. They don't want to learn a complicated dance when they come to class. They want to learn something creative, but practical and easy to learn. Okay? Um, also, too, one of the things we talked about earlier was that some of the stances in Kung Fu are designed to strengthen the body. So some of the stances you see when they're really, really wide and their knees are bent and it looks like you're doing a squat or a, a, a crouch down position, those are all ways to strengthen your legs. When you see someone doing uh, Kung Fu practically for self-defense, they aren't doing the crouching unicorn position, okay, the crouching uniform stance. So you get in the unicorn stance and you, get, and you crouch down so you're almost sitting. That's not something that's done. They don't, we don't do that in, in, in the, in the, uh, for self-defense. It's a little bit more, you know, if you watch people do it, it looks a lot more like what we do in the martial arts that I've taken. You know, it's, it's very, uh, very practical. But they do some of these things, if you read up, they do some of these things to strengthen the body. So they'll do a very deep dragon stance or a very deep tiger stance in order to strengthen their legs. So it's called isometric work in, uh, in, mar in uh, physical education. Isometric, so it means they, they do a really deep stance and they use it to strengthen their legs. So the funny thing I can tell you though is like in the movie The Forbidden City, Forbidden City, The Forbidden Kingdom, uh, Jackie Chan finds a big flat rock and puts it on uh, Jason's, that's the, the teenager in the movie, head and then pushes him down and says, you know, get deeper in your stance, grow roots. So what he's telling him to do is he's telling him to strengthen his legs so he can do martial arts better. Okay, so he says he puts rocks on top of his head to get him to uh, flatten out so he gets more of a deeper uh, sumo squat type of horse stance. Okay, and that's designed to make you stronger. So it's not really designed to fight from that position. The last thing that we're going to talk about today as far as the kung fu practice is just to introduce you to what trapping is. Okay, now this is something that's going to be big in, in my Kung Fu class. We have close-range defenses in our universal martial art and Taekwondo programs, um, but they don't have any trapping, okay, how to trap somebody. Okay, so um, one of the big concepts of Wing Chun Kung Fu is the sticky hands and the sticky feet type drills. And those trappings are going to be a big part of them learning self-defense because then they can trap people as they're fighting. So trapping means like, for example, if someone does like a punch towards your face and you do an open hand block and then you grab their arm and then grab the upper arm with the other hand and you trap that arm so that they can pull them forward to throw them off balance. So you do trapping stuff to, to uh, manipulate the fight, okay? So it doesn't get into the judo where you're, or, or sometimes the aikido when you're getting them into arm locks and bars and stuff like that, but you can trap them in, in, in different ways to keep them from attacking you and to put them in different positions for you to do uh, other punches, like chain punches and stuff like that. So anyways, just to wrap up a little bit, remember every single time we have a secret word or phrase, the secret word or phrase this week is, I know Kung Fu. Okay, so once again, that is, I know Kung Fu. And I got that from the Matrix, of course, because that was always a funny line from the Matrix. 
So um, remember to uh, fully learn Kung Fu, you have to unlearn your misconceptions about what constitutes training. And just remember that we're here every week learning martial arts through everyday work, thus creating life around you, increased productivity, and a better world. I hope you enjoy the rest of your day and the rest of your week. This is Karate Kid Master Dojo. This is Master Craig. Take care, everybody. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank <laughs> you.